Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. In the name of God, who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us, and guides us in our pilgrimage. Amen. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. God of the covenant and the mystery of the cross, you promise everlasting life to the world. Gather all peoples into your arms and shelter us with your mercy that we may rejoice in the life we share in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Today, I want to talk about Psalm 27. And I, while we were reading, it changed which reading I wanted to read, which part. So Psalm 27, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, God will give me shelter. Hide me in the hidden places of the sanctuary and raise me high upon a rock. This psalm goes in on to combine the concept of fear about a large-scale military threats and deadly adversaries with that of an intimate, personal relationship with a sheltering God. Now, there's currently war going on in the world, and that image isn't hard for us to find. But there are other ways for us whom are lucky enough to not be personally affected by war Um, But there are other ways that we may need safety and refuge here, in this church, in this building, and with these people. Because as we've heard growing up always that we, the church is more than these four walls, but it is also these four walls. So I'm actually going to ask for some help. Turn on this mic. Because I have, in the sanctuary, I am one of, I believe, three people here today who were youth in this congregation. We were children sheltered by these walls and these people. So I've already talked to Carson. If he could come up, he does not want to. And David, if David could come up. 
And David, I've promised Carson that you'll do most of the answering. So I'm going to hand you the mic. It is not green yet. It's red. Oh, the battery's dead. I will make room for David to come here. Carson just has to say yes once for me. We agreed on it because this is a safe place. Carson, was there ever a time that this building or these people were a safe place for you? Thank you. David, <laughs> I'll share my experience. Carson shy and didn't want to talk as much. So when we talk about sheltering, there are other ways that we can be sheltered in this place. I, for one, have slept in this building. David, have you slept in this building? Yeah. As a youth? Um, thank you. As a young adult. Yes. So. I used pews as a bed, as a way to shelter. There, there are ways that this building has literally become shelter as a youth. Are there other ways that this building and the people in it have been a safe and sheltering place for you? That's a big breath. In the mid-90s was the first time I experienced um, anxiety. And uh, as I was coming to terms with what was going on in my mind, it was conversations with different members of the congregation, with the pastor, that helped me to even realize this was something that is surprisingly common to people and that could be helped. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. And that's what we talk about, how it's more than the four walls, that yes, I have physically been sheltered by this building, but I also, and as David has, have had conversations that were safe and sheltering and of God. Oop, there we go. Uh, let me find where I was in here. So this building, I like the analogy that um, the, the um, Seasons book gave me today, that... Um, this sheltering place is like a tent. It's a holy tent in which God's children can shelter in place, where we are kept warm and dry and safe. This is the house of God and God's people. When you are here, it is like being in a waterproof, zipped-up camping tent, wrapped snugly in the sleeping bag of God's love. It is okay to be scared at times, but remember that here, you are always safe and welcome. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able. Let us together welcome the gospel.
Neither Herod's plotting nor Jerusalem's resistance to maternal love will deter Jesus from his sacrificial mission. The Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Oh, yes, sorry. Amanda, that you talked about being sheltered in the church and, and being sheltered by the church, because I'm going to talk about the ways that we are called then to shelter others. Before I do that, though, I want to point out to you, last week, Jesus was tempted by the devil. This week, he's tempted in a way by the Pharisees and the threat of Herod. I want you to watch as we go through Lent the, the focusing of the temptation and the effort to lead Jesus astray. So I just, just saying, notice that. This, this text of, of being gathered as a brood, it's, it's unusual because so often Jesus is talked about as the holy shepherd and, and we the sheep. And for some, uh, the, the feminine imagery has been uncomfortable, even though there are many places throughout scripture where God, certainly the spirit, and where God is talked about in, in feminine terms because God is not gendered. Um, so we... We know that sometimes people have gotten stuck by this chicken thing. But if you can get past that, somebody who, anybody here currently has chickens? No? Okay, ever had chickens? So what do the chicks do when they, when they um, get out of the, their eggs? And then? Eat? How, how, how manageable are they? They cluster for warmth, but the hen has to, who's, who's already kept the eggs warm, has to continually bring them into order. It's that constant, constant activity of bringing them into the community, bringing them into shelter. And in this passage, Jesus is talking about how I have desired to, to 
gather the children of Jerusalem. This weird thing about a prophet dying in Jerusalem, and it is weird because the prophets in, certainly our Old Testament prophets, die in a lot of places um, that aren't Jerusalem. This Jerusalem focus probably has to do with speaking against the Roman Empire. Whenever, whenever there's a focus on the Jewish people or Israel, it's, it's this is what I'm doing, not as, not as part of the Roman Empire, not, as, not under the authority of the emperor. So that's probably a contrast with the rest of the Roman Empire at the time. But Jesus talks about the gathering. How I've, you know, uh, how, I've, how I've longed to gather you. And he says, I'm going to be performing these cures today and tomorrow. On the third day, I finish my work. Yet yeah, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way. Okay, today, tomorrow, and the third day, what's that foreshadowing? Crucifixion and resurrection. So I must be on my way to Jerusalem after this third day. You're going to find that rhythm going on over and over. This, though, when paired with the Pauline writing, the Philippians, really calls us to be a shelter and to invite others into the shelter that is the community of Christ. Now, certainly, resurrection right now is hosting the warming shelter, or the cold weather emergency shelter is the formal name. So the people are physically sheltered from the cold weather right now in this congregation. But that's not the only way that we shelter people. Some people have professions that shelter people. Certainly, I think of nursing. Uh, I think of anybody who's in social services. Um, dealing with those who are, are accused of crimes. Uh, there are, are people here whose who's, um, um, medical tech, whose who's job is sheltering. But there are other ways that we're called beyond that. Just like Amanda said, sleeping on the pew is one way to be sheltered here, but it's not the only way to be sheltered here. It's also talking to people who, who are supportive. So I'm going to ask you, what are some of the ways that we, as individuals, or as a congregation, or as a, as, as a people, as a nation, are called to shelter others? Or let me start with this. Who needs sheltering? Everybody. Everybody. Thank you. Everybody needs sheltering. Who are some of the specific people that are currently either unsheltered or are on the margins of being sheltered? The hungry, those who are hungry. Anybody who, who has ever lived on the street or had to get food from food pantries can tell you that's a full-time job, it is exhausting, and there's no rest. Because figuring out where you're going to get food, how you're going to store the food, how you're going to get to the next place where you can get food, how you are going to share food with others who have shared it with you, how you are going to deal with debris. I mean, all of this, it's a lot of work to get food. I, 
this church, I love that this church does the food pantry. And remember, we still have a, a 85 can peaches, pull tab can peaches food challenge going on. But it does the, the food pantry and, and appreciate everybody who works in the food pantry. Um, but you do hear people sometimes um, who, who come into the food pantry and who have been treated as though, as though um, they should just get it together. And I have had people come in and expecting me to treat them that way, and I hope that isn't their experience. But it takes a lot of time. So people who are hungry, people who, who don't have a place to stay, Again, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, it's exhausting, and it's complicated. So who else needs shelter? People with mental illness. People with mental illness, people who are living with mental illnesses. There is a wide range of independence that people have living with mental illness, from very high-functioning independent to some people who are never going to be able to live independently but we don't want to do that old institutional thing, which is essentially a jail. And finding a place that is supportive for people living with mental illness, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes, sometimes people just can't, can't do what's required to live independently. Who else? Sick and the, the sick and the infirm, yeah. Those are people who, and often I find, that's when people are least likely to call me. If, if, you're, if you experience sickness or, or any need, call, please. People start out with, oh, I hate to bother you. And I don't know if you've experienced that when friends have called you, when they've needed help because they're injured or sick or something, and they start out with, oh, I, I don't want to bother you, but that's exactly the time you're supposed to bother us. And that's exactly the sheltering that we're called to do, to look out for the sick and informed. I heard just this morning on the radio that the UK is going to pay some uh, uh, um, people living there, um, Brits, I guess, living there to host refugees from Ukraine that I don't know the details of it, but they worked out that families can choose to host people from the Ukraine for six months and will be subsidized by the UK. There's shelter right there. Millions of people have fled Ukraine. And being a refugee is no picnic. Uh, sometimes I hear people talking about, about border crossing and, and in a very accusatory language. Anybody who's doing these illegal border crossings or um, is somehow fleeing wherever they're coming from, they're leaving for a reason. It's, it can be war and violence. It can be gang violence that you cannot escape because you're essentially threatened who either pick up the gun and join us, or I shoot you. There are people who flee because of environmental uh, refugees, where because of the way the environment has changed, there's no more water where they live, or there's no more ability to produce where they live. And depending on where people are fleeing, 
The survival rate of refugees before they get someplace safe is not as high as you might think. It can be as low as 50%. It's not always, but it can be as low as 50%. Which means it's terrifying. It's terrifying to go. So sheltering refugees, sheltering people who are without a home, without safety, sheltering people who are experiencing violence in their home, Sheltering people who don't know where else to turn. Sheltering people who are hopeless. Because that's a time where you feel alone. And as Amanda talked about, the sheltering is not just about covering. It's about bringing into community. As Jesus gives this image, he says, I've longed to gather you. And when you picture a hen gathering the chicks, it's all of them. It's all of them. And sometimes the reason people resist inviting those who need sheltering in is fear. Fear that there won't be enough for me left. Fear that they might exploit the offer, take advantage of me. Fear that I'm vulnerable. Now, some of that fear really needs to be mitigated and handled intelligently and um, intentionally. Some of that, though, is, is our brains thinking that there's only so much room and only so much love. One of the things that both Paul and the gospel tell us today is that there is no limit to Jesus' love. That he, be he threatened by the devil or tempted by the devil or be he tempted by the Pharisees to flee Herod, he is going to Jerusalem because there is room for all of us in the kingdom to which he is resurrected. So trust that. Trust that there's room for you. But there's always going to be room for you. There is always going to be room for you. There is always going to be room for you. Everybody say it. There's always going to be room for me. There's always going to be room. And there's room for everybody else who needs to. So be looking for that. Be looking for those opportunities. Much like, again, like the warming shelter, opportunities that we as a congregation as individuals, but also at we as a community at large, can look to shelter under those so same holy wings. Please join me as we recite the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. God of the covenant and the mystery of the cross, you promise everla everlasting life to the world. 
Gather all peoples into your arms and shelter us with your mercy, that we may rejoice in the life we share in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and blood of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. You are the children of God, anointed with the oil of gladness and strengthened for the journey. Almighty God, motherly, majestic, and mighty, bless you this day and always. Amen.
peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.